Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another edition of Causeway Kings. As always heard here on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network and found on WMEXBoston.com. Shout out to Integral Hockey Stick Repair out in Quincy. My buddy Joe Bartell hook you up with a wonderful pro stock stick and you will save all kinds of money, 70% or better, Clance. That is a deal worth having, my friend, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here, boys. Um, no, I, I got to agree with you, Benny. Joe Bartell does some great things over there. A lot of the high school kids I coach actually buy sticks from him and absolutely love them. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I believe they come with a lifetime warranty, Ooh. which is even better. Um, and you're, you know, you're getting top-notch sticks for a fraction of the price that you pay at Pure Hockey or Monkey Sports or any other website online. So definitely get over there and uh, check them out. But I'm looking forward to tonight. We got a great crew. We got myself, you, and Mr. Merrill Marshall, the man, the myth, the legend, and the sexy self. We got the bees uh, playing the Panthers right now. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm on the road to recovery from shoulder surgery, about two weeks post-op. Uh, got a long road to go, but at least I got my Causeway brothers. So let's get rolling, baby. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. Merrill, always a pleasure to have you, buddy. I'm glad you're feeling good, Clance. All right, well, let's jump right on in. We uh, got some catching up to do. And first and foremost, I put this tweet out at CausewayKings33 on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Clance, I want to give you a shout-out for uh, making all the, the, the motion and the action on Twitter. You're just lighting it up, buddy. I love it. Keep going. Don't ever stop. And uh, That's what she said. That's right. Whoa, where's my bell? Ding, 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 ding. ding. He's driving the line for us. Driving it. So, guys, this feels like a really good playoff-type atmosphere. I mean, this Bruins-Panthers game has been probably some of the most exciting hockey I've seen in quite some time. Let's get your takes on this one, and then uh, here we go on Causeway Kings. You know, I, I just – the intensity is great. Um, there's definitely, um, you know, a little built-in animosity. you got former Bruins players, obviously Joe Thornton, uh, Nola Chari on the team as well. Um, and it's just been, you know, it's just been a really intense, great game. I mean, you've had, um, you know, some scrums in front of the net, some amazing plays by the Bruins. And I, I feel like they are totally engaged in this game as far as um, how they're skating, how they're moving the puck, how they're battling along the boards, winning battles, um, little things like supporting the puck. And obviously the two goals at six seconds was just absolutely crazy. I know we'll get into that more uh in detail, I'm sure Clance will also break it down for us too. But um, you know, I just noticed that the Bruins are playing, you know, playoff style hockey, which is desperate hockey, and they're also getting great goaltending from Lena Solmark. I mean, he is definitely settled in, which is which is a great thing to see because I just have a feeling they're going to need uh, all hands on deck, and they're going to need uh, they're going to need both goaltenders this postseason. Oh, a thousand percent agree with you, Merrill. I mean, looking at the way they're playing tonight against. Florida, which is probably one of the top three teams in the NHL right now. Uh, they're up 3-2 with a week, you know, a week off in the playoffs. The, the way they're playing, the way they're scoring, like that is a great sign going into round one of the playoffs. Um, you know, they're, like you said, the the plays, the intensity is there. The, I mean, hats off to Nosek for trying to scrum with Joe Thornton, but I'd hate to say it, but Joe Thornton would have absolutely abused the hell out of him. Um, yeah, but Joe was looking it, for it. Oh, yeah, with that beard, he's looking for anything. He's looking for a fucking grizzly to attack. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Like, it's great to see someone like Nosek get involved emotionally like that, you know, because you don't – he hasn't really done anything like that all year. Um, 
No, it's not his style usually. It, it's great to see Lindholm back in the lineup again. Obviously, they made him a healthy scratch last game, but he hasn't missed a stride. I mean, the two goals in six seconds, holy shit. I mean, tic-tac-toe passing on Hall's goal, and then literally six seconds later, Hall makes a great play off the opening faceoff. Pasta just tees it up for him down the middle, and Hall goes in and just snipes like the tail Hall that everyone knows. And but Boston I, you know, didn't even move. Did you see that? He's yeah, like He was like frozen. He's like when you're playing goalie mode and you get up to grab a drink and you walk away and you forget to pause the game and they just shoot it right by you. He didn't even freaking move. I watched the replay of that. And the one thing I love about the whole play itself was, you know, you watch most guys now, like they'll skate, you know, you know, NHL plays, but most college plays, whatever, will skate like with their head down, look down and up, down and up at the puck. Hall skated full speed the whole way. Eyes on the prize, a top le- you know, top glove on Bobrovsky. It was just a that was a Taylor Hall that was the MVP a few years ago in, in New Jersey. You know, that's confident. And that's the hall we need come playoffs. And I it's just great to see them, you know, firing on all cylinders and then Jake DeBrusque popping in his twenty-fourth of the year. Like that's awesome. You know, hats off to him. It really, you know. Totally. Like if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Clance, like he would go from where he was like in November to being nominated for the Masterton trophy by the Bruins, I would have said, I don't know what edible you're taking, but I got to check it out. Like that is ridiculous. (laughs) No, I I agree. And you know, he's obviously settled in really, really nice in that first line with Marshy and Bergey. Um, You know, and obviously everyone knows the drama, not so much the drama, but like, you know, asking for a trade and this and that, like, it almost makes you wonder now he's got the new contract, which I know we talked about before that will make it easier to trade him in the off season. But he's, like I said, he's settled in great in the first line with those two. He's, I think this is his career high in goals, right? So far 27 was his career high, but 27, he's seven. So he's just shy of that, which he'll get, I think. Um, yeah. You know, it makes you wonder, like, do they try to convince him to stay or is he still going to be looking for a trade in the off season? Like, here's the other thing, too. Like, he's also got his dad played, you know, 400-something games in the league. Definitely got a lot of experience. Like, I'm sure he's telling Jake, like, I mean, if if I was Louis DeBrusque's dad, I'd be like, look at you, whatever you found, you know, you're playing. You're not going to – I don't care what situation you're going to be dealt to. You're not going to be going to a situation where you're going to be playing with two future Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're in a great situation, and – I think he sees the opportunity and I think deep down he realizes it. And I even look at like, this sounds like a corny thing or a simplistic thing. Um, but I look at just his body language, like, like how his body language, when, when plays are made, when they're scrums, he's right in there. Like he's, he's engaged. He's celebrating with his teammates. He's, you know, in the penguins game a few weeks ago, he, uh, he, he gets right into it. Um, comes to the defense of Marchand, like, I feel like he's turned a corner. And maybe it's just like, maybe he doesn't want now at the situation where it's like, hey, I'm playing well. I I don't want to bring it up and, and either way and just talk about it. You know what I mean? Just say, hey, I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie and I'm just going to, you know, keep this going. And, you know, he gets tra- if he gets traded to like uh, wherever, in Arizona or, or, or something like that, he's not going to be playing with, you know, Marshan and Bergeron, the caliber of talent that he's got on his squad right now. Well, that's the thing. It's like he can ask for a trade and go somewhere else, but he's not going to be a first line player 
unless he goes to like an Arizona or even like a Buffalo. But at the same time, like who the fuck wants to go play there? Yeah, you know? I mean, I like, mean, he's tasting Jake DeBrus would probably go rather tear it up with the broads of the seaport of Boston than at fucking Arizona State. You know, oh, absolutely. And like the the other thing too is like he's he's been around. You know, he, he's been on playoff runs. He, he's He's got to have an idea. He's played, you know, 300, 400 games in the league. Like, I think now it's finally all coming together for him. And um, he's reaching a maturity level. And like I said, I, I think if, I think his dad's telling him, like, look at Jake, you, you know, just, you know, let it roll and, and play. And, and you're not going to be in a better situation than you are right now. And unless, you know, I, I find it hard to believe, though. I mean, I know Cassidy was, was giving him the business you know, behind closed doors, but, you know, I, I can't imagine that that relationship, I'm not saying that it's great, but I, I mean, I think it's at a lot better spot than it was, you know, say four or five months ago. I mean, if you're Cassidy and you're still, you know, dogging the kid, you definitely got something wrong with you. Got kids yeah, playing I mean, great. Not, it's not, I mean, I'm sure they're cordial with each other and tolerate each other, but I don't think they're going out for fucking filet dinners at the Capitol Grill after fucking. No, and you don't, you don't always need that. Like, We've, we've all played for coaches that we could give or take, but you know, at the same time, like it, it's a means to an end. Um, but you, you know, I, I think his relationship with his teammates overall in the production that he's, um, you know, he's putting up, I, I think he would want to stay. Now I'm not saying that if, if, that if, you know, something happens and you can, you can get like an unbelievable quality player for him. I'm not saying never trade him for anybody. Like if it, like, you know, if, if Vladimir Tarasenko is available, you know, I'm just hypothetical. I don't, you know, or, or something like that. I mean, you know, he, he's not, you know, if Yenny Malkin in, in 2009, you're not going to keep him no matter what. So, but I, I say right now, like everything's clicking, you know, if I'm Jake DeBrosk, I, I just say, listen, I, I rescind my trade request, keep it on the down low. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to play hockey. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that it, that's kind of like you said, looking at his, like his body posture, his interaction with his teammates. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that conversation has already happened. And like you said, it's on the DL, no one knows. And then, you know, he stays a Bruin and continues to produce well the way he has, you know, but like you said, it seems like they're all gelling right now and why disrupt that. But, you know, my, my only concern right now is, it's not a huge concern, but it's the goaltenders. Yes, Allmark has, has been playing very well lately. Swayman has not been playing well lately. No, not at all. Uh, it's, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was in net against Montreal on Sunday, right? Yeah, I, I he, he, he um, Swayman has not played well. Um, I think Allmark is definitely your number one if it's going into, uh, game one playoff mode but i also think you know kind of connecting off of that point clance i look at like some of the defensemen like brandon carlo has just been atrocious i'm sorry mm -hmm. uh you know what i mean and i i think maybe you know his atrocious play and a couple of the other guys who are kind of not playing up to par in the back end um has led to some of the problems i mean you know, and, and again, I always go back to what we talked about earlier in the year. Like, they're not the same style of goalie. Like, Allmark is a different style than Swayman. Swayman is, is uh, 
you know, a, a little smoother, but, but all Mark is definitely, um, is definitely just, you know, reading the plays better. And yeah. I, you know, I, you can elaborate on that, but I mean, you definitely got to play all Mark. And if it's game one right now, I think he's earned that spot. I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, he looks more comfortable. He looks more relaxed in there. He's, Definitely, in my opinion, his play is a lot more confident, which is obviously plays a huge part in success. Um, you know, so I feel like, and I mean, obviously, I think he still has some room for improvement, but I think overall he's been solid. And uh, you said playoff start tomorrow. I'm making him my number one. The biggest, yeah, the biggest improvement. And again, like I'm no goalie expert, but I mean, I just look at how how he's making saves with his glove. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the saves he made, like, against the Rangers were absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. that that glove save he made, I think it was a two-on-one, or it was definitely, an, like, an odd man situation. And, I mean, he made that save, but he flashed that glove with confidence. And he just, you know, it's – everybody talks about, you know, Corsi rating and possession time and winning board battles. The, the, the thing nobody talks about in hockey – it's such a huge factor is confidence. Like if you got a confident player, like it'll make him play above maybe what people thought was his, his capability. I mean, you're seeing the opposite with like Brad Marshan, like he's on the other end of the spectrum. Now I know he's going to be all right ultimately, because he's has such a long track record of success and he's works. He's still working his balls off, but like the confidence factor with um I almost called Clancy with I know you have confidence Clancy but like with Allmark is just off the charts in you know you just see he's like a different goaltender now than he was you know three four months ago no I agree I agree I'm, I'm excited to see them in the post I think they're gonna do some some good things um you know I I don't know I think right now is if the playoffs were a start I think we would draw the Carolina I feel like it changes every day. It's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's like the uh, the soup du jour down at the local deli. It's like yeah. t- today it's uh, t- today it's Florida. Tomorrow it's Carolina. You know, um, you know, who you know, if they're in third place now, it's Toronto. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it really it all it all just sort of depends on who's winning. And um, there's still sort of a, a game in hand situation like like the Maple Leafs have played 81 games of looking at it right now, as we record right now, 940 on a, on a Tuesday night, April 26th. So, you know, um, but I'm just, you know, I'm not saying that the Bruins are going to catch the Maple Leafs, obviously they're not, but I'm, I'm just, because there's a, the, all those scheduling anomalies, you still got teams that have games to play um, and teams that have games in hand. I, it looks like, that the lightning are going to get the third seed. So the Bruins are going to be the four seed because the, the lightning are, have 108 points with 80 games left. The Bruins have 103 as of this second. Um, so, I mean, if the Bruins get two points tonight, then, you know, obviously they'll be still three points behind, but it, you know, they would have to win both their games. And, you know, that Toronto game, Last game of the season, they're going to be playing like me and you out there. They're not playing. They're not risking anybody getting caught in the quarantine, the Toronto quarantine, and be be out for a week or whatever the Canadian rules are. So it'll yeah. probably be. It's probably going to be. Um, you know, it's probably going to be the uh, the, the uh, Hurricanes. I would think so. Um, and if that's the case, then you know that that uh, Frederick Anderson injury looms large in that series. 
and uh, they they haven't been. I mean, not that any team is going to be. Uh, I know they're on a four game win streak right now, but they haven't been, you know, as electric as they were. You know, when they were beating the Bruins seven one or whatever that was at the beginning of the season, outscoring them sixteen to one in in three games. Well, I mean, not only does the Frederick Anderson injury hurt them, Anti Ranta got hurt the other night too. Yeah, it, yeah, so that's one, another thing one, too. I, they're I one thought, and two goalies are both out hurt right now. Yeah, I I thought that the Ranta injury wasn't as serious as the Anderson injury. Like Anderson seems like the longer term, but you're right. I mean, even if even if you know, and not Anti Ranta isn't uh, you know the second coming of Ed Belfour. So like, <laughs> if you've got Anti Ranta having to play, like I just think back. Remember last seat last year's playoffs when they played the Capitals? There was like. They had Vitek Vanacek and what was the other guy's name? Um, Samsonov. They were like one got hurt and then one he went back in because the other wasn't playing well. Like, yeah, that's that's something that can definitely affect like the feng shui of a team because if you don't have confidence in your goaltender in playoffs that you can make saves, it's it's going to impact how how you're going to play the game. It's going to impact how you're going to forecheck. It's gonna it's gonna um, change the way you play defensively and how the defensemen, you know, they're not going to be aggressive. They're going to be playing, you know, timidly because they're not going to, they're not going to have the confidence to jump up, you know, in not say play, um, you know, uh, recklessly, but I mean, you're not going to be jumping up on the play when you're like, I don't know if this guy can, can, can make a, can be in, give us an average performance, you know, a nine one five just to be an average goalie in 2022, which I feel like, Dude, that's come down a little this year, man. How like the scoring this year is absolutely insane. Like this is like early '90s NHL, like just crazy points. Oh yeah, I mean it. It just it just shows like this the fucking skill and talent on these young, mainly the young guys that are coming up in the league now. Like mm. you know, it, the, you got Zegris from Anaheim, uh, Milano from Anaheim. Like the two of them are just. A, a, a unreal dynamic duo, you know, Matthews, I, McDavid, all these guys are just, they're scoring at will. Matthew scored 60 tonight. He's he's, oh, the he got third, 60? he's the third guy in the post um, lockout era to score 60. The other was Ovechkin and Stammer, Stamkos. Pretty elite company to have. And like, I feel like now it's like, it's almost like, you know how, like, every team used to have an enforcer? I feel like now every team has just, like, a sick guy who can just – is just outrageously skilled and who can just dangle. Yeah. Like, every every team's got one of those now. Like, it's Except crazy. Everyone. Like, you look at some of the numbers, <laughs> and you're like, Tage Thompson's got a bunch of goals this year for Buffalo. Like, guys that you're not even, like – you wouldn't be like, oh, wow, this is, a you know, an, an amazing NHL player. But, like – you know, every team has has guys that could score, and um, it's definitely. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a litmus test overall. Like, what's going to win in the playoffs this year? Is it going to be that lockdown, shutdown defense? Or are we going to see like like Ian Moran was talking about a Florida, Colorado Stanley Cup final where it's just you know a track meet? It. it... I don't know. It's hard to say because I just feel like it's going to be a 50-50 effort, to be honest with you. I think it's going to take a lot of goal scoring and a lot of saves because 
you got teams like Toronto that can put up, you know, six, seven, eight goals a game easily with the way Matthews and Bunting and Marner and them score. But then you also need to have a goaltender on the back end that's going to make 35 plus saves a night. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, what's going to be more reliable? To me personally, I think it's going to be more, I've always been a big believer in, you know, defense wins championships. I do too. Um, It's going to take health, healthy players to win, to win. And it's going to take, you know, a full team effort. It's, it's not going to be a form. It's not going to be like in Toronto where if they're going to win, they're going to rely on Matthews to fucking win it all for them because they don't know how to play as a team. Yeah. It, you know, it's definitely like it, it, it's so it's been such an offensive year that like it definitely, it's definitely going to test the defense defense wins championships uh, philosophy. I also think and this is just my personal opinion, a little a little different than maybe what we've been talking about. But I think the East is going to be such a war of attrition and they're just going to beat the shit out of each other so much that I think by the time whoever is left staggering, not standing, but it'll be staggering into the Stanley Cup final. I think whoever comes out of the West, which I think will be probably like Colorado or uh, or maybe even like a Minnesota. I just feel like they're just going to be, you know, the West is going to have that advantage of, you know, not having. I mean, the playoffs are a grind, but I mean, these like these playoffs, like you look at it like these first round matchups you could easily look at and you could just say in a vacuum that if you fast forwarded to like late May, you'd be like, oh, this is the conference finals. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh's playing Boston. Oh, it's conference. Oh, it's the first round. Or, you know what I mean? Carolina's playing yep. Boston. Oh, it's the first round. It's fucking crazy. No, I, I agree. I, I think, honestly, I think this is going to be one of the most, more exciting years of playoff hockey. You know, now that fucking, you know, COVID's pretty much done with, not not only done with, but like arenas are back to full capacity, all that shit. You know, this is just going to bring a whole new atmosphere. I I just think it's every night there's going to be hockey on, which is fantastic, which means I get to watch hockey. My wife gets to watch her shitty, trashy fucking Reels Housewives of every fucking state in America shows. Real Housewives and, of Nantasket, yeah. Yeah, Real Housewives of fucking Guatemala, Real Housewives <laughs> of fucking South Africa, fucking, you name it, there's a Real Housewife there somewhere. Um, so she'll be happy about that, and I'll be happy watching hockey the whole time, so perfect. I got my edibles and my beers, my puppy, and ho- playoff hockey. What better way to recover from shoulder surgery, right? A- oh, absolutely. There's so many matchups that I can't wait to see. I mean... That, that you just look at and you're just like, man, I can't wait for that series. So it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, we're, we already talked about, or we're talking about the East, but like you look at the Western conference too. And I, I know we're going to do a separate episode and do like a playoff preview, but the wild blue series is going to be an absolute bloodbath. It's going to be like, wild. That, that <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> that, that is going to be, or like, you know what else was a great? Um, I don't think they played in the playoffs. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but if if Calgary and Edmonton end up facing off in the second round, holy shit, that's going to be a great series because yeah. there's some like there's legit bad blood there, and they're both playing great. 
Like it's just, um, it's, it's exciting. This is the best time of year. This really is the best time of year. And what a year and what a year it's been like, there hasn't been this many good teams that like, I can remember like, and I've been watching hockey for over 30 years. It's like, I can remember like 92, 93, where there was this much scoring and there were this many teams that were, that you could easily see like winning the cup, like, Oh, they could win the cup. Like, like would anybody be, I mean, listen, they're not like 2018 level when they won the cup, but you know, Washington, depending on how Ovechkin is, which that looked really bad a few nights ago. Um, I mean, they have this experience in, in talent that they could go on a little bit of a run. I'm not sure of their goaltending, but you know, like, the, like they're not just a, they're not just a joke team. They're not just a team that's squeaking in like, and I get the NHL playoffs isn't totally like that. It's not the NBA, but man, like any one of these teams can like, like if, if, if Washington won the first round, would anybody be like shocked? I wouldn't. No, not at all. Or like Nashville. I know Ovi that the injury looked a little bad. Always going to be back ready to go. Come game. One of the playoffs. The guy's a warrior. He's fucking 250 pounds of of Dr. Pepper and muscle. You know, he's going to bounce back. Exactly. I, I, I want to try the Russian gas. Doctor um, <laughs> Doctor Pepper, like a, like chicken quesadillas or steak in like fucking uh you know Russian gas. That's his diet. Here's a, here's a little pop quiz for is. you. What did Wayne Gretzky used to drink on the bench? Ooh, I have no idea. If he's a savage, it would be Crown Royal because oh, <laughs> yeah. Um so, I'm guessing it would be some sort of soft drink. Can can I get a can I get a, Maybe a can I get a lifeline on this one? No, so I'm not googling not. it. You guys you, see me? I'm not typing anything. You cannot phone a friend. I can't even. I can't even say if it's a soft drink or not. Holy smokes! Tough crowd. You need to know the exact name. Tab. <laughs> I don't know. This is back in the day. The I don't know. Man. What the fuck uh, is uh, Tab is a soda that has been since discontinued. It's basically because it made it made people grow a fucking third nipple. Oh yeah, only like only in nipple. two cases out of ten. Okay. No, so Wayne Gretzky <laughs> was not a water guy. He couldn't get into the Powerade and Gatorades because the flavors were just changing all the time. He used to drink Diet Coke because it was the only thing that ever tasted the same to him. Ugh. Wow, really? Holy yeah. yeah, I mean, I I'll have a soft it. drink once in a while, but geez. Diet Coke, I, too. It's nothing but I aspartame. Um, there was, like, a video clip online of, like, him on the bench at, like, the Wayne Gretzky, like, fantasy hockey camp that he does. And he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, he goes, I couldn't get in. You know, I wasn't the water guy. I couldn't get into the <laughs> the uh, the Powerade, Gatorades. He's like, I would just drink, drink Diet Coke because that was the only consistent thing ever. I was like, no shit. The great one drank Diet Coke. Wow, that's How about that. Easy to sneak rum in there, though. You gotta <laughs> say that. And hey, hats off to his daughter Paulina, who married uh, PGA Tour superstar Dustin Johnson uh, over the weekend. Congratulations hey. to the happy couple. That's been a long time she, coming. You see how she, she looked in that dress? She is an absolute fucking rocket. I mean, like hey, rocket is actually he, an understatement. You said the great one, only the great one can have a daughter that looks like that. I got to say. Exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, talk, how apropos, like I, I was like, hope it, it, yeah, I, it, you know, she just looks, uh, she looks amazing. Go, go Google it. If you're uh, if you people are really want to see it, it's, uh, it's a sight to see. It's a job well done is what it is. Exactly. Boys. It's a job well you done. Know, and, and, you know, speaking of, of greatness, um, you know, let's, let's give a hats off and a shout out to, uh, the captain of the Anaheim Ducks, Ryan Getzlaff, on an absolute amazing, I think a 17-year career in the yeah. NHL, all with the same team. Um, you know, and over the last few days, you know, it, it's been amazing to see the respect that he's gotten around the league from other teams where, you know, at the end of the game, the entire team would come over and shake his hands and stuff like that. And to see the final send-off that the Ducks gave him at uh, – you know, their last home game of the season was just phenomenal. You know, they, the hall was lined with staff and fans and members, and he knew nothing about it. It, it was just an amazing sight to see. Uh, they got him a, a sick, pimped out, like, uh, Polaris, like, four-wheeler that team drove out to him and stuff. And he was just, and let's talk about his very last point as Nanaheim Duck. The fucking behind-the-back pass to Henrique for a fucking backdoor one-timer. Unreal. If you haven't seen, you got to go Google it. It was unreal. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Like, uh, you know, in there was. I feel like there's been a you know a lot of tributes. You know, recently, obviously, we'll talk about Mike Bossy and, and Guy Lafleur, but um, for for Ryan Getzlaff, like, I just uh, you know, I'll just remember him for being a you know always having a being on a team that he kind of spearheaded that Ducks team and gave them an identity of being very skilled, but, a, but just absolute pricks to play against. And um, none more prickish than the, uh, or prickly than the uh, 2007 team that won the cup. Uh, you know, they knocked on the door a few other times, but that team, um, you know, obviously they had Pronger and they had Solani and they had, uh, you know, they, they had a uh, Niedermeyer. They had a great, they had a great, great team, but um, he was definitely, Corey, Sean Thornton, yeah, well, Corey Perry, um, you know, just go down the line, Dustin Penner, but he was definitely like the identity of that team outside of Pronger that, uh, that, that really kind of spearheaded the charge. And, you know, he just, you could, you knew he was going to be a stud, even like, even look at that, go back to the, that unbelievable 2005 Canadian junior team, which was like the dream team of hockey. Like, yep. With, you know, you knew he was going to be a stud then, you know, he, he dominated, uh, he had an unbelievable hand-eye coordination and just had a will to win. And he, you know, he saw it in the 2010 Olympics. Like the guy was just a freaking animal and um, hats off to him for a great career. I mean, a guy who did it all. And uh, you know, at one time, you know, when, a few years ago, I was like, man, I wish you could get him on the Bruins. He's just a, a uh, just a guy that you, Hated to play against, but you know, obviously, you loved. He was on your team. I mean, he was the Ducks version of Patrice Bergeron. If you want to yeah, be totally I mean, honest, he was he was a first round pick, nineteenth overall in two thousand three. What a um, great draft! Oh yeah, I mean, he's been in the same. You know, he has never played for another team. He's played one thousand one hundred fifty seven games. He's scored two hundred eighty two goals. But here's the impressive stat: seven hundred thirty seven assists. Totaling, you know, 1,019 points, you know, a plus 102 in his career overall. Like, just an absolute stallion yeah. of the game. Wow. True Played professional. Never situation. Just a, an absolute true professional was, uh, you know, played hockey the right way. Uh, 
you know, just a, an unbelievable career. And, you know, like hats off to him. You know, well, well-deserved send-off that he's been getting. Um, you know, it, it, and it's just great to see the, the respect that he gets from all the players around the league because, of, you know, I mean, let's be realistic. Evander Kane ain't going to get this kind of treatment his last game. No. Matt Cook, Sean Avery didn't get this treatment his last game. Matt Cook's not, you know, it, it, it's just great to see, you know, someone like this. And it, it's no one deserves it more than Ryan gets left right now. So, hey, hats off, Getsy. Uh, enjoy the offseason and, and just golf now. <laughs> golf and yeah, family. Right? The magic mix. No, that's good stuff. Just have- admit, yeah, just, uh, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Clance. Just uh, a guy who... Who literally did everything that there need that there could be done as far as achievements in hockey? He's you know, he's gold medals every- in the Olympics, World Juniors, um, Stanley Cup, World, Stanley Cup, World Championship of Hockey, like everything. There's nothing off the re- guy's resume that you know you can't say. Oh, I wish you got this. Oh, I wish you got like no. The guy's done it all. You know, it's yeah, great to see. I think I think he's a member of the um, what do they say? It's like the triple triple gold club or something or the the where you, you win a world junior you win a stanley cup you win a um i'm sure he's won uh, what is it the oh, uh, uh Canadian, world championships right? maybe that's yep. what it is olympics championships and uh world cup of hockey or something gotta be yeah I mean, the guys yeah. won everything he could possibly you know in, in hockey as far as being a team achievement and the guy has been um you know front and center on every team he's been on so you know, hats Maybe. off to him. I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Oh, totally. Yeah, first ballot, I would think. Um, yep. You know that that leads us into um, we could talk about this game too. But um, the Bruins played up in Montreal a few nights ago, and uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Gila Floor. Um, you know, and, and obviously his passing. It's uh they they did a uh, they did a great tribute I gotta say it was a was a really nice tribute um the say what you want about the Canadians and their fans and this is you know we're not really talking about the rivalry we'll talk about the game a little bit but they know their hockey you know they 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 know they know um great hockey players and they respect the game um and they did a nice job on and, and the canadian team organization did a nice job on the tribute really really classy oh it was good i uh didn't get an opportunity to see too much of it live but i did see some on the replay and yeah it, very unfortunate to hear his passing but a true end of an era and, and of course uh, you know not to be forgotten another legend of the game mike bossy also passes away and Again, I mean, how else can we say it, boys? Uh, a new era of hockey truly is upon us. I mean, yeah, Mike. No. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Clance. Oh, sorry, they're um, you know, Guy Lafleur and, and Mike Bossy, you know, true pioneers of the game of hockey. You know, that paved the road for these young guys that are now in the league. You know, so it, it was very sad to hear that you know the hockey community lost two great guys, but obviously they're. Let you know they're legends of the game and they'll never be unforgotten. So you know, rest in peace, peace to Bossy and Lafure, and you know, thank you for everything you did for the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Lafleur had you know three or four seasons actually consecutive of over a hundred points. But Mike Bossy's, if you look at his stats, and he only played till he was thirty, which is mind-boggling. He only had one season where he didn't score 
he scored less than 50 goals and it was his last season. He was his career low in goals was 38. So rookie year, 53, 69, 51, 68, 64, 60. He had three seasons. He scored over 60. I mean, obviously it was a different era, but I mean, the numbers that he put up were absolutely insane. And he was a front and center on those uh, Islanders teams that uh, that won those Stanley Cups, you know, in the in the late uh, or the early '80s. Um, just a just an amazing, amazing hockey player. And, and you know, the Islanders had a rough road. They lost uh, they lost uh, a pot well, one of the pot bands, and um, not Denny Pot Band, but another one. And uh, they lost uh, Clark Gillies too. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was a savage league back then. Like to score. To score that much when you had guys who were looking to take your head off. Like you had, like it wasn't like today where it's like you might have, like you might get on a, a shift and you might have to contend against one guy who's trying to, you know, Brandon Lemieux. And half the time, those guys, they're not even on the ice because they're only playing fourth line minutes. But you had guys in that era who were legitimately trying to take your head off who could play too. Like, like you know, <laughs> Terry O'Reilly and, amongst others like so that to put up those numbers is just absolutely mind-boggling and um you wonder what he what bossy's career would have been like if he could have played another five years i mean he played 10 seasons and he had 1126 points that's over 100 points season average so it's crazy and you know very you know still you know these guys too young to lose you know bossy passed away at 65 yila fleur at 70 i mean it's just unfortunate. I mean, you know, I, I think my dad is uh, 73 and he's still ticking, you know, it's wow. just, you, you think like, you think these guys can live forever because they're legends of the game. And, you know, you don't think of people's mortality like that. So it's true. But, you know, also think about, you know, what they put themselves through physically from a young age on and through the pros. And let's not kid ourselves. It, you don't play in the, in the league and not walk away with some kind of life-altering injury, bodily status change, whatever it might totally. be. I mean, nobody walks and, away unscathed. And think I about mean, it. Back back then, they didn't have the the medical treatments, the the supplements, the the training, the conditioning, like the they diet, didn't have yeah. and the dieting. Like these guys were drinking fucking six and twelve packs in their stalls after games. You know, Guy Lafer used to smoke cigarettes in between each period. Like, they didn't know about like health and conditioning and all that shit went back in the day. I mean, they were just true ultimate warriors that went out and kicked the shit out of each other and, and played the game they loved. You know, that is a legend almost. Yeah. It kind really like my, did. You can't even play like my life like outside of hockey in college, aka taking down the broads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Clancy, man, I don't know how to follow that up. Um, <laughs> Not many people do. Uh, <laughs> we could try. How about this? Let's talk about the takedown of the Vegas Golden Knights from the San Jose Sharks. How about that for a takedown? Huh? How about that? You get the bell. That's yeah, what it I mean, um, did you just ring a fucking bell? Yes, I did. Would you like to hear it again? Because I can do it again. <laughs> you guys I got bad. a bell. I got a bell. Don't worry about the bell. No, seriously, though, Vegas Golden Knights, can we talk about this for a second? Since uh, Jack Eichel has joined the squad, it has been an abysmal failure at best. 
Um, and he, he's been just getting absolutely roasted on Twitter. Like, people are calling for Eichel to just basically get kicked out of Vegas. It's like he just got here, but he hasn't done anything. The puck is, the puck is yeah, like avoiding he, uh, him. He, he, yeah, that, that whole team has just imploded. Um, I just feel like, you know, the injuries have caught up to him. And um, playing for the now is sort of, uh, uh, or, or, you know, having a philosophy of win now. And, and again, you know, they've had a lot of success over the, you know, since they've been in the league, but, you know, I just feel like it's all sort of caught up to them. It's all a, a perfect storm of, of crap. And, we, and we've seen it here with the Bruins. I mean, 2014, 15, 2015, 16, it was definitely, um, let's say it's lean times, but they definitely were, were struggling. Um, and, you know, you, you lose, you trade Marc-Andre Fleury, which I, there's definitely something, Obviously, I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, uh, investigative reporting, but obviously something uh, was going on behind the scenes there that um, that caused him to be dealt out of there. And it just uh, you just see how um, you you got to have two goalies now, two legit goalies. And I feel like they they put, you know, all their eggs in the basket of Leonard and he got hurt. And that, that basically has submarined their season. And he was. He was playing injured before that too, or, or playing hurt, I should say, before that. And they already lost Lauren Bossant, their backup, so and who wasn't in any great shakes anyways. So, um, yeah, they're they're screw- they're screwed. And they're going to miss the playoffs. Unbelievably so. I mean, Clance, what your take on this? Because we always thought, hey, you know, it's got to be Buffalo, right? It's got to be Buffalo, but uh, Buffalo still stinks, and Eichel has brought the stink with him. Your take? Yeah, granted, Buffalo still stinks, but Buffalo's won more games <laughs> since Eichel's been gone. You know, um, I think Vegas was kind of banking on Eichel coming in, getting healthy, and stepping in the lineup and putting up two, three points a night, and you know, being the the workload that brings him to the promised land. But I mean, realistically, Eichel's never going to be the same player he was from that neck surgery he had. No doubt, there's no question about it. I mean. Do I think he's still going to be a great player in the league? Yes, absolutely. Do I think he's going to be the greatest player in the league? No, I don't. Um, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird to see someone like that go into an organization that was doing so well and a team that was doing so well, and then he joins it, and then they just start taking a downfall. So it makes you wonder, is it the is it the team themselves or is it him? No, you look. You look, look at look at fucking Buffalo when he was there, and now look at Vegas since he's joined them. Like, is it a coincidence that both teams now suck since he's been on each team? I don't know, but you hope not. I mean, you 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 look at. I'll say this: injuries have played a major role. Um, Howden, Riley Smith has been out. Pacioretty and Mark Stone have missed large chunks of the season. Braden McNabb was injured. Like they. They lost a ton of guys. William Carlson only scoring uh, 11 goals this year. The guy was a 40-goal scorer a few years ago. Like, it, it, you know, that's one of those teams that, I mean, even, you know, you say the Eichel curse and, you, you know, we don't, we're not in the locker room. We don't know how he is, uh, you know, behind the scenes. But I got to think once this team gets healthy next year, and gets a they gotta they gotta bring in another goalie who can support Robin Leonard or even you know take over 
um, in, in play. Like, you know, it's almost like a 50-50 split now. We're seeing it now all over the league now in the modern-day NHL. You can't just have, you know, the days of Martin Brodeur, you know, uh, or Henrik Lundqvist playing like 68, 70 games. Those days are over with. you got to have, uh, you know, a, a split of, you know, not even if it's not 50-50, it's like one guy – one guy plays like 45 games and the other guy plays like 37 because um, that that's just how it's played. And, and there's, and there's so much emphasis put on, you know, conditioning and rest and, and these games are, are so high impact. And um, so it's, it's important to just have that, to, to have a, a good backup goalie. Cause you know, the, they're screwed without them now without a, a good backup. Oh, completely. No, it's just not going to work. No, oh, absolutely. Speaking of, of, of screwed, um, <laughs> can we, we just can we just pause on President Joe Biden and not being able to pronounce people's fucking names the right way? Oh my <laughs> goodness! That I saw that earlier. I was like, did I? I had to listen twice. I'm going to be honest with you. I had to listen like, twice. That's the guy that runs our fucking country. That's the guy with the nuclear codes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he called cat Gary Batman, Gary Batman. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, Joe, I get you're fucking seventy something years old and senile, but dude, almost get your, sh- get your fucking shit together, man. Like, oh, he's he's. I mean, I <laughs> Commissioner Gary Batman. Like, Gary yeah. Batman. It wasn't even and... like a mistake. He said that. He's, oh, he legit said, said it. Did you see the Gary lightning player's reaction? Victor Hedman was like, is this for real? Victor Hedman was behind him, and he couldn't stop laughing and giggling. He called Gary Bettman Gary Batman. Batman. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm just <laughs> fucking mind boggled. Like, I couldn't help but put that on Twitter. Uh, I know. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple, uh, couple of good responses from, uh, from the uh, – from the uh, Twitter sphere, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I really don't follow politics anymore and, and, or not that I ever did, but it's like, you know, you want to be able to go through the day and be sane, but that, that doesn't surprise me. It, it just, you know, it, it's par for the course with a, with a El Presidente, uh, Joe Biden, but um, it's okay. you know, Gary one Batman thing I wanted to us. say, and again, I wish we had a goalie. Maybe I'll ask this question when we do have a goalie on as a guest. But um, I wonder with the style of how, you know, butterfly is obviously how the game is played, but just um, the way the puck moves and just the speed of the game, it obviously probably wears on these goalies more than it did, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, where you're, you know, the puck is just moving at such incredible speeds and, and you know, the stretch passes and, you know, it, it definitely has to wear on your body more. You know, I mean, how many times are, are Clance, how many times do you think goalies are going up and down between games? Like, you know, butterfly, hug the post, come up, down, look around. Like it's gotta be like a hundred times at least, right? Maybe more during a, during a game. Well, like an NHL game, like even if the shot doesn't get through, even if it gets deflected, like going down the butterfly coming up, you know, I, it's, I uh, would, I would probably say anywhere between, I wouldn't, I'd say between anywhere, 70 to, to 85, maybe 70 to 90. Yeah. 100, maybe a hundred if it goes in over. hundred might be, yeah. hundred might be pushing it, but 
but at the same time, like the way equipment is innovate is made now, it's it's like they don't have anything on. Goalie pads, you know, used to be like thick, heavy leather. Like after a game when they're wet, like they're fucking ten pounds added on to them to carry. But like, there's nothing to them now, you know. So like the the yeah, is it tiring to go fucking up and down? Yeah, but I'm more know, talking about the physical toll. Yeah. It, it it absolutely takes a toll on your body, but I don't think it's as bad as it was 10 years ago when the equipment was heavier and bigger and thicker. You know, I think we're now in, everything is so customized, you know, everything fits yeah. them like a glove and it's like having a t-shirt on. There's nothing, you know, you can't. So I think like the physical wear is there, but no, it's not as intense as it was, like I said, 10, 15 years ago. Well, also you, you've got guys too. Like I, I could speak to, I mean, just playing barely, but you hear stories about how, you know, pro players get there. It's already customized, but then they have like alterations done specifically. Yep. Like I, I, I remember hearing this now, actually, I wish I, I asked this with, uh, when we had Andy Sutton on as a guest, but I remember when listening Pittsburgh was playing Ottawa in the playoffs and they were saying how Andy Sutton would block a shot. He, he would block shots in ways where he would, he had one side of his body more padded than the other side because he blocked shots with one side of his body. And yeah. somebody was saying, I think they were talking about Forbert against the Pittsburgh when he had all those blocks and Sidney Crosby congratulated him that they were like, the way he was blocking shots, he had like all the padding was probably on one side. He probably had the same kind of thing. If not, the guy's probably, his leg is probably about he, as black as our screen background. He only fucking blocked him because he couldn't get off the fucking ice because he sucked. <laughs> Take the uh, ball. Take oh the yeah, they, they, isn't there a race still? I didn't forget about that. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for his response. I'm I'm waiting for it. But maybe you know what? Maybe I'll shout it out on Twitter. Clancy we go. going for the big waves. Listen, what's the worst that can happen? He beats me, and I got to buy him a nice steak dinner. No problem at all. I mean, it's not gonna be you know, it's not gonna suck having dinner with an NHL player. No, I no. see. That's the real. That's the real rub. It's the insult, but it's the I see I see through. It's a psychological game with you. I see how it is. Listen, I'd probably be like I, I'd probably be like a little kid, like asking him like a thousand questions because I'm eating dinner with an NHL player. Ah, right, fuck it, I'd probably lose on purpose now. I should I should let it be known. It's a fix. <laughs> we should ask him, like when he goes on aggression, uh, Zoe, how. Uh, how like uh in hardy how they really don't ask him they, they just there's like dead air like they, they're not like they don't have questions ready to go for him it's so awkward it's like do they really guys, if you don't I have, have questions ready to go for the guy then like you're wasting the dude's time I, like like some of the interviews they've had with him are, are kind of painful are you serious yeah. like how long has that been happening? i like zoe zoe's a great guy but that's crazy i can't imagine doing that to somebody as a broadcaster I mean, some of the interviews I've heard with him, I've heard a, a couple of them and like, it's, you know, and it's weird too. It's not, you know, here's the other thing too. It's like when he calls in, like the connection isn't that great. So he's like fading in and out. It's like, uh, it, it, it's just, it, it's just kind of funny on that end. How, like, I, I don't know what kind of phone he uses. Maybe he uses a flip phone, but I'd like to see him, uh, maybe upgrade that or upgrade the Bluetooth or something. Cause he's like, uh, sounds like he's in a wind tunnel or something. 
Well, hey, you know, if he wants to call in here, we'll take him, and we'll take a clear-as-day connection. So anybody wants to call in from the Bruins or uh, if we can get in touch with the PR people, I think we could uh, make that happen. That'd be pretty cool. Um, it'd be sick to get a, a current Bruins player on as a guest. Yeah, well, well, I think it'd be a home run. I mean, Ian Moran was a great guest we had on last time. We learned uh, he he was awesome. Home run, grand slam for sure. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to have him on as a guest, and we got some more great guests that are going to be coming on. Um, but I just want to say it has gone final. Four-two uh, Bruins defeat the Panthers. Um, so. Clance, what are your thoughts on this game overall now that it's gone final? Uh, I Overall, I, I thought they played a full game. You know, Florida would score, we'd come right back and, you know, shove it right back down their throat. Um, I thought all four lines, forwards played great. I thought all six D played great. Allmark was solid in net. And, you know, this is the type of hockey they need to play come next week with playoffs. You know, it was great having Pasta and Lindholm back in the lineup. Um. But I got to tell you who I've been impressed with is Clifton. He's really yeah. settled into like a, a good, a solid number five defenseman. He's not the biggest guy, but he's physical. He's mean. He likes to hit. He'll, he'll get in there and, and get in the scrums and, you know, bite at a guy's ankles. But, you know, he's, he's a tough little guy. And I like the, I like his game. I like the way he's been playing. So overall, I, I was, you know, if I had to grade the game, I'd give him like a B plus. You know, it would have been, been nice to see more production from, Bergeron and Marshawn because, you know, those are the two horses of the team, the two leaders, the two veterans that, you know, a lot of these guys are going to rely on. Um, and I also hope that, you know, Charlie Coyle's line starts to get back on track come playoff time next week because, you know, when they had that tear of, you know, multiple game wins in a row, their line was the main, was the main factor night in, night out for those wins. So hopefully they can get back on track and start firing on all cylinders come playoff time. Yeah, I, I just go back to um, the first goal that was um, – or, or the goal that was scored in which um, there was a play that um, – it went Hall, Pasternak, and then Hall oh. to finish it off. The play that was made that I was impressed with was uh, Grizzlick winning a board battle. And it was – he, he didn't even – he wasn't even on the ice for, um, for the plus. They changed out behind the play, but he wins a board battle – Goes to Hollow. Hollow goes cross ice to Carlo, and Carlo just lays it out in an area for um, for Taylor Hall, and then Hall makes a nice spinning pass to Pasternak, and um, you know at, at that point it, it's um, you know that you had a, the Florida Panthers were like all scrambling in their zone. They only had I don't know if the other defenseman was changing, but Huberto ended up um, in the middle of the ice trying to uh, trying to defend with uh with a defenseman and that that just you know that's obviously a mismatch and then on the on the uh second this goal six seconds later uh was a face-off win by florida but we just you know burps the puck up rolls right off his stick and then um i believe it was Pasenak sent hall in on a breakaway and hall was such a quick release like bobrovsky didn't even move so i mean that that was a huge momentum swing in the game like that, that definitely got Florida back on their heels and uh, it really gave, it got the crowd into it. It was just a, such a huge play that I, I think it made the, uh, the difference in the game. No, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, it's, it's good to see 
you know, the, the back end doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, making the plays, getting it up to the forwards and the forwards going in and just executing on the simple little things, you know, getting it deep, working the perimeter and just getting that good solid shot off and, and attacking for those rebounds. Um, but I, I, you know, overall, I think the bees are ready for the playoffs and, you know, I, I'm excited to get going on them. Same. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, and the players are too. They know they're these next two games, you know, they're playing Buffalo, um, which will probably be the last full skate for the regulars. And then um, that Toronto game, I think uh, the first line for that game is going to be me, Ben, and Clance. Uh, <laughs> they're not dressing anybody important for that game. It, it's going to be uh, be wild. I wouldn't did. be surprised if the bees sit out a lot of their top end players on totally. Thursday as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even Thursday <clears throat> too, like, like Lindholm maybe. Um, but you just see like with Lindholm in the lineup, like between having another guy who can really be a one man breakout and then having, having the flexibility of, of either splitting him with McAvoy or pairing him with McAvoy or splitting him and McAvoy up, it just slots in all the other defensemen. So they're not playing like minutes that they're not capable of playing. You know what I mean? Like they're playing, they're getting better quality minutes out of the left-handed defenseman, the left shot D and they're not asking Matt Grizzly to go out and play 20 minutes against the top line of X team. You know, now he's playing against second and third line forwards, you know, and he's getting it, you know, he's playing more quality minutes. It's going to be an interesting oh, vibe, no matter what. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. Um, as we heard uh, Ian Moran say last uh, episode, he doesn't think the Bees got a shot this playoffs. But I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think uh, no matter what, we got to utilize that last game against Toronto to really mess with their psyche. I don't care who plays or doesn't play. Toronto's not getting into the playoffs unless the Bruins remind them of what awaits on the other side of the door. And we all know what Toronto is going to do. I don't care how many goals Austin Matthews comes up with, which, by the way, I heard he did break the 60 marker, becoming one of only 21 NHL players in history to do such a thing. So congratulations on that. But you're going to lose in the playoffs. I, I fully expect, well, they're going to end up playing Tampa in the first round. And, and if, if the game a few nights ago was any preview, um, Tampa Tampa's going to, you know, they almost showed them you know, literally and figuratively, this is this is how you play big boy playoff hockey. You know, um, Pat Maroon, love him or hate him. You know, fighting fighting Wayne Simmons. You know, them just just beating the hell out of them, scoring goals. Um, you know, completely shutting them down. I mean, that's that's playoff hockey. And you know, the the Toronto Maple Leafs are just not they're not built for that. You know, they they just you know they're too top heavy with their forwards and. You know, you're, you're their most playoff hardened defenseman. I mean, I, I wouldn't call Morgan Riley a playoff defenseman. I mean, he, he's a good he's a good defenseman. But Jake Muzzin, who's had serious, you know, concussion issues as your top defenseman, I wouldn't feel great about that going in the postseason. I mean, he's one he's one hit away in the corner from Nick Paul from, you know, being out for this out for a series like or, or any Ross Colton, you know, just tattoos him. And there you go. He's out for the playoffs. So. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, they got a lot of points in Toronto, but I, I wouldn't feel I would feel uh, very uneasy playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which have been through the battles for sure, and are a better team overall. I mean, let's be honest, they're a better team than Toronto. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
I would never be worried about playing Toronto in the first round, to be honest with you. I mean, yes, they have Matthews, Marner, Bunting, you know, Nylander. Nylander. Yeah, all these guys are are absolutely fantastic in the first 82 games of the season. But, you know, looking at their track records, they're fucking invisible come playoff time. Yeah. They they don't, you know, it's it's almost like they don't know how to play under pressure, you know? It's Um, not... It's not playoff style. It's not. It's not what wins in the playoffs. They're how their roster is constructed and how they play. So you know, it's funny. It's like, yeah, they do. They have a handful of the best players in the league. Absolutely, Matthews, Moner, Bunting, Nylander, um, Tavares. Um, you know, all elite top end players, all stars, future Hall of Famers of the game. But you know, it's like you you look back at the um, you know the movie Miracle. Right when they're doing the evaluations, and Craig um, Patrick says, "Well, Herb, you, you you haven't even looked at some of the best players." And he said, "I'm not looking for the best players, Craig. I'm looking for the right players." Like, yep. granted, yeah, you have some of the best players in the in the league, no no doubt about it. But it doesn't seem to be the right players that you need to win a Stanley Cup. You know, it's huge. It's yeah. a huge quote. It's like a that? team concept. I do. Yeah, it's nice. Mic drop. Mic drop, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't drop that. It's expensive. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> well, I'll say I'll say this. Getting back to the Ian Moran's uh, prediction, like that was before Freddie Anderson went out with a with an injury, and, and before Antti Ranta went out injured. So that's a that's a definitely a game changer. I mean, uh, you know, not being down. You, we were just talking about how important goalies are. You lose two goalies, and now you're playing your your third guy, which is an AHL guy. I mean, that's that definitely got to shake your confidence. I don't care how good you are, how well you forecheck or how great your defense plays. Like you've got to have confidence in that goaltender being able to make um, big saves. Cause there's always those times in games, a sequence where a goalie, especially in the playoffs has to make, you know, two, three, four saves in a span of a minute or so. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a guy that's capable of doing it, you're cooked. And speaking of goalies, you see Toronto just signed the kid out of Minnesota State that won the Hobie Baker Award. I did, I yeah, I, I did see that. So, um, I mean, it's a bit of a, a surprise, but little, yeah, a little interesting to see. You know, a week before playoffs start, they signed the number one goalie in, in all of college hockey to an entry level contract. Do I think he's going to play? No, but do I think he's going to be on a, a short lease to be called for, you know, in case he's needed? Yes, I do. You know? Yeah, um, I mean. He's not unseasoned. He's been playing all year. The college hockey just ended a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm sure he's been skating and, and taking reps, and now he's joined the big club, and he's going to face NHL caliber speed and shots. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. His – his college numbers, Dryden McKay, are just uh, are just like uh, ridiculous. Like <laughs> I know it's college hockey, and now we're, we're talking about like the NHL, which is a whole different kettle of fish. But like, if you look at his Minnesota State stats, I mean, whether it's save percentage, goals against, I mean, he 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 won one hundred thirteen. He was like one hundred thirteen and twenty in his college career. I mean, <laughs> what? That's insanity. Hundred. Yeah, he, so here's his goals against by year: one seven six, one three one, one five four, one three one. 
His worst year save percentage was nine two four. His worst. Um, and he won hundred NHL goals. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a different level, but I mean. In the other, in the other thing, but and I'm not a, you know, the NHL is is a bit of a sizeist when it comes to goalies, but he is only five eleven, um, so that's that's small for the modern day NHL. Not unheard of, you know. Anton Hudobin was five eleven, so it's not like unheard of, but it's definitely. Tib Thomas was five eleven, but it's definitely on the small side for uh, for a goaltender in uh, 2022. But hey, you know, you never know. I mean, we Jordan Bennington, who would have thought the guy was playing for the uh, Providence Bruins like the year before and then plays against him in the Stanley Cup and wins the whole freaking thing. Stranger tales have been told. It's true. Now he's now he's just nuts. Is he still with oh, the Blues? He's totally insane. I, I he's, give you no, that. He's, he's, he's still with St. Louis. You know, he's, he's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, about that. Now, who's the goalie he was trying to fight, like yelling at across the ice? Remember that? He went, um, he fake punched someone. Yeah, I remember. He went after this was when Devin Dubnik was with San Jose, oh, I believe. Yeah. And he like fake punched him, and he's just a was, fucking weirdo. Oh, yeah, he was waving a stick around to people. And he was, exactly. He's like, just get out of here, dude. Just stop. Just, just stop. Wah, wah, wah. Um, guys, why don't Still we? We won the cup. We lost yeah. to that guy. Uh, Sorry, I have to bring it up every episode. I'm like, yeah, we what lost the fuck is, why, why would? Why are you bringing it up? It, 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 it was to see us cry. <laughs> don't let him see you cry. It's okay. Uh, I hate that. I honestly like that one in Chicago. I avoid any highlight of that anytime possible. I mean, I avoided watching the 2013. Uh, watching Chicago even touch the cup for probably five years before NHL Network ruined it for me. But uh, same thing with the uh, 2019 run. It was just like, turn it off. I can't. I don't like something I don't else you watch. showed me a few years ago, Ben. We'll talk about that on the podcast. But The, the <laughs> internet is a terrible place. Let me just say that. Disclaimer. Meryl, I love you, buddy. <laughs> oh, God. One cup. You know, just one cup, just, just one, one cup away. Just one cup away from victory. It's all we need is just right, one hey, cup and go two, two, two As Ben three. Stillers would say in fucking uh, dodgeball, touche. <laughs> he said touche. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's, let's go around the horn here. Final thoughts as we wrap up this uh, this night here. A 4-2 win for the Bees over the number one Eastern Conference Florida Panthers. I think pretty good night overall. Allmark looked good. And, uh, well, you know, a couple of games left. Let's just see if the Bees can keep the tank together without it all falling apart. Clance, what do you think? Yeah, no, um, it was a great game by all around by the Bees tonight. Um, I think if Cassidy and his staff are smart, you sit all your top-end players for the next two games. Let them get some rest. Let them get healthy. Um, you know, they, let them – Go over and skate on their own as a group. But, you know, playoffs start next week. So, you know, you want to make sure all your top players are rested and ready to go. Um, you know, great game tonight. I'm excited for playoff hockey. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, hanging out, drinking my beers, recovering from sur- surgery. And uh, I'm happy to be back with my Causeway brothers. I can tell you that. 
Yeah. Absolutely. We love you too, buddy. Two girls, Glad one cup. Glad you're on the men, man. Meryl, go ahead with your final thoughts of the evening. Well, you know, to echo Clance's thoughts, it's really just all about the Bruins being healthy and getting healthy. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about playoff hockey and what it wins in the postseason. There's a lot of different factors. It's it's the matchup. It's in it's being healthy. It's having confidence. It's goaltending. It's, you know, coaching, even, you know, getting the right matchups and, you know, um, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a crapshoot. I, I think that they have a good a shot as any. I mean, the East is going to be an absolute battle, and which honestly, it's going to come down to whichever team they're so evenly matched. And we're, we'll do an Eastern Conference and Western Conference uh, preview in separate episodes. Um, but yeah, whichever team is the healthiest in the Eastern Conference is going to come out of it. I'm convinced. We, we, you know, that's the team that's going to end up uh, uh, coming out and, you know, flip a coin right now. I mean, uh, you know, the bracket challenge is up. If you guys, if if people think they know, I mean, we're going to set one up for ourselves with the Causeway brethren here, but um, my guess is as good as any. Um, But like I said, it's going to come down to health and in a bunch of other factors, but they just got to make sure the Pasternak and Lindholm are healthy and playing well because, um, they're the two of the most vital pieces and a, a sneaky one. That's got to play. Well, I talked about it with plants over text. Brandon Carlo has got to play better for them to have a chance uh, of advancing and going on a run. He's, he's vitally important as a second pair D. Um, Cause you think about it, even if they split up McAvoy and uh, Lindholm, who is Lindholm probably going to play with as a second pair, it's going to be Carlo. So he better yeah, find his good. game. Do you think um, Bruins pull a, a fast one on their fans and try to move Kahlo in the offseason? Who's going to – I mean, he had such a bad year. I don't know who's going to take that contract. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe con- you're right. I mean, who the knows? The contract's I mean, not any – it's not that much better than – I mean, it's a little more money than the Bruss contract, but, I mean, I could see him ending up in a, a, another team like a Buffalo or – a New Jersey or, you know, one of those lower level, you know, lower competitive teams where he still has some tread on the tires, but just curious, like with a B is kind of like, okay, Hey, you know, your time is up here. You're just too much of an injury case. We can't handle it anymore. I mean, I mean, I, I got to see what the return is, but I mean, all the other teams in the league must, uh, must know too. Um, you know, he's, a, he's an injury liability. So, I mean, it's not exactly uh, – I'm not exactly sure what you're going to exactly get for him. But, it, and, you know, it's like the chicken or the egg, though, too. I see both sides of it. It's like if a guy – like it's the Jake DeBrusque. Now Jake DeBrusque is playing so well, nobody wants to trade him. But when he was playing like garbage, you weren't going to get a bag of pucks for him. So it's like that that whole, like, sliding scale. Like, which, which is it? You know, I, I think, you know, if it's the right deal – then yeah, maybe you maybe you do move him. Maybe maybe the acquisition of Lindholm in the grand scheme of things makes him more expendable. You know, you also got to think they're going to have um, Jacobs Borrell's going to be back in the fold. I know he's a left shot, but I mean somebody's going to probably be moved out this offseason. You also got to think that they're going to you know they're going to look to uh, you got some guys looking chomping at the bit to get in here. I mean. I, 
maybe Mason Lori doesn't come up next year or you know next season, but the end of next season, he's another guy. I mean, he's a left shot too. So they got to figure something out. Maybe they trade Carlo and they trade him for another right shot D. I mean, who the hell knows? But he's definitely a guy that I would look to move just based on the way he's playing. He's not playing well. He took a bad penalty tonight even. Yeah. No, I agree. Benny, give us your final thoughts, Kyle. You always ask us. Let's ask you. Ah, yeah. finally been called out on it. It took a while, but he finally got me. Fucking right. No, it's all good. Honestly, I mean, there's not much else I can say that you guys haven't already said, but it really is going to come down to how is your goaltending going to hold? Uh, I think the combination of Olmark and Swayman is going to work out well. I believe it came out earlier today that Olmark is going to be the number one starter for the playoffs, given the extra experience and all, which I think that's a good thing. Heaven forbid something happened to him, you know, Sway is ready to roll, and he's got last year's experience to build off of just for that. Uh, also a great season under his belt this year, obviously. I mean, he uh, very quickly captured the hearts of uh, the black and gold fan base. And, I mean, even with the Tukarask thing in the middle of the season, I mean, that something like that could have thrown that tandem and the composure all over the place. But I think between the two goaltenders, they held nicely. And, honestly, looking forward to seeing a whole bunch more hugs all the way to the cup final, baby. Uh, as far as the uh, defense, Merrill, I think you said it best uh, with Lindholm in the mix now. It just looks more comfortable. It feels more comfortable, much more reliable. Uh, Carlo, man, fingers crossed, and I almost don't want to say it, but I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. They better not play him in the next like two games at all, honestly, because he has to just make it to game one, round one, and we'll be good. I'll be happy with that point. Otherwise, I'm a little superstitious, and I just think, uh, Carlo, if you're not going to play good, then just sit down and just sit a couple games out and just let the playoffs happen, and then we can talk about whatever. But he always seems to have one of those horrible accidents just before. So, again, hoping all the best here, but stay safe, buddy. Legit. Uh, Otherwise, I'm all in. Pasta's back. Marshy and Bergie are uh, just chilling as veterans normally do especially leading up to a big run like this, and they know uh, they're going to be needed all hands on deck if and when that time comes. So let's see. But uh, if it's Carolina up first, uh, it terrifies me, to be entirely honest with you. It truly does. But with the two goals... with their goaltending injuries? That's the only redeeming quality of this. But let's be honest Mm -hmm. here. Any rookie goaltender can go on a pretty crazy tear that you've never expected before in your life. And the Bees... Uh, I mean, they've had their woes this season. What are they on a historic playoff, uh, uh, not playoff, uh, power play drought? It's not good in that regard. So, I mean, there are situations where this could get ugly. This could get good. I'm ready for either and, or as a uh, thorough Bruins fan here. Win or lose, we ride. And j- just to touch on the, the goaltending issue with Carolina, is like, yeah, you know, Anderson and Ron Trout hurt, but they have probably – one of the top three coaches in the league in Rob Brindamore coaching. Brindamore knows what he's doing and he's going to make sure that he has the right piece in net to help that team win to those two back and back and healthy. So. I mean, he won with the, David Ayers in net, the fucking e-bug. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a Twitter account that's been counting the days that oh, Toronto God. continues? It's got to be that's fucking uh, priceless. My God. That's priceless. Um, I love it. But, you know, it's 
you know, again, Brenda Moy, he's done unbelievable things in Carolina. Yes, it's a little bit of a relief knowing that their two goalies are down and out right now and gives a little bit of a chance, a better chance of winning. But it's also scary because you never know what Brenda Moy is. You know, he's probably got a an ace and a half sitting down in the AHL that he's going to call up at the last minute, you know? That will do it for this episode of Causeway Kings. We covered a lot of ground. The Bees came out with a W, and I think uh, good night overall. But as always, your buddy Benny here along with Clancy Marshall representing all the Causeway crew. A special shout-out to our buddy BJ. Hope you get better soon, buddy, and we'll have you back as soon as you're rocking and rolling. Uh, also, of course, Beacon out and about somewhere out in the world doing stuff, but definitely hockey related. Anywho, folks, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, guys, ready to do this together? Keep in touch with yourself. Ah, so close. Let's go, <laughs> Bees. Let's go, Bees. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody.